Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live. From the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. I want to know just how much is a fan, how much is it worth being a fan anymore? Because rivalries in college football, they're sacred. They're ingrained in our culture. There's love there. There's hate there. There's the love of that hate there. There should be some respect. You can't hate something you don't respect. And it's what makes the fabric of it so special. That's why when people freak out about transfer portals and, and, and paying players and God knows what, I think that the rivalries, the money that's involved, the fun that's there for the fan will protect the game will protect those type of things because rivalries in college football are very, very special, and they're such a blast to be around. They're a blast to observe from afar. They're obviously a blast to be in. But when it comes to the pros, we've seen this so much in the NBA. There are fans who, like Steph Curry, well, I like the way he plays. I like how humble he is. I like because he's such a good shooter and he's such a self-made guy and he, and he reminds me of me and reminds me of my my kids remind me of themselves and, and and they're not really big but they shoot really great and this that and the other. So I just I just like that Steph Curry. It's a way like a lot of people are. And they were never Golden State Warriors fans before Steph Curry. Chris Mullen in his flat top didn't really get him. Chris Webber didn't really get him. But boy, there's Steph Curry fans. And you've seen this more and more. It really starts with Michael, where, where fans are a fan of a player. LeBron, people are LeBron fans, and they follow LeBron from Cleveland to Miami, back to Cleveland, out to L.A., and they are LeBron fans, or as social media will call them, are stands, which I'm not going to say on the air in any sort of serious fashion. And that can be great for the NBA because you do push the global type of, of feeling for the NBA where people in China are Kobe fans and LeBron fans and, and Clay Thompson fans and, and Steph Curry fans. And so you bring in more people watching your sport for the players from the globe. But for the local fan, I wonder over time, does it start to hurt? Because, well, if you're the, a Detroit Piston fan, you have to wait until somebody wants to stay there and wants to put it together. And in a really special scenario could possibly get you a chance at a championship again? Or do you just run out of hope? Do you run out of hope if you're in one of the flyover states? I hate to say it, if Giannis Antetokounmpo ever wants to go, what do you say to a Bucks fan to try to make things better? I hope he stays. He's a wonderful player and obviously a good person, and they're a good fan base up there. That's why I've been talking about him for the last hour, and I do hope he stays. And I hope that they're able to put more around him over time to convince him to stay. But I worry about these things. Kawhi Leonard's doing great up in Toronto. That's a good, strong fan base, sports fans that, yeah, the Maple Leafs have taken it on the chin for a long time, and they try to line up and support their guys, and they're lining up and supporting the Raptors. 
and he is getting offers from people to live in their penthouses. Pro sports is so different now more than it ever was before where there were ingrained arguments, ingrained rivalries, where now if you don't win, you don't have it. In the NBA, historically, the Celtics and Lakers, that's been an incredible rivalry. But really, if neither of them are good, they got their own set of problems and we don't need to be bothered with them. The Cavaliers and Golden State Warriors for those two fan bases was an incredible rivalry. Golden State doesn't think about the Cavs right now, and Cavalier fans, for the most part, have either checked out or they just hope Golden State loses because they don't want to deal with Golden State again, which I've argued against, but I'm not going to do that here. In pro football, I start to wonder the same thing. I'm from a region that has a geographical rival and a historic rival, even though both teams have never been really good together at the same time. The Steelers were very good in the 70s. The Browns were putting it back together. The Browns were good in the 80s. The Steelers were putting it together. And then basically the Steelers have been good for the last 30 years. The Browns were either moved to Baltimore or have been sucking up the room for the last 20 years. The Browns were fantastic when the Steelers were terrible way back when. But I took a call on Wednesday, and I played it for you before the break. I'm going to play it again, just a snippet of it if we can. You can cut it off. Basically, Tom, you go ahead and pick when you want to cut it off afterwards. But I took a call, and then it was followed up by, I swear to God, three more in Northeast Ohio, leaving me gobsmacked about where a possible rivalry is in pro sports anymore. Hit it. I'm a Steeler fan. And I was one of the few people that thought that when they went 0-16, that the next year was only way up, and they would win seven, eight games, and they won seven. They could have won eight, maybe nine, with good luck last year. But I found myself cheering more for Cleveland than I did for Pittsburgh. Um, I seen the dysfunction that's going on in Pittsburgh. I still love Pittsburgh, but believe it or not, I may be crossing over to Cleveland. That's and it's not because that's ridiculous. To, that's no, ridiculous. No, no, check this. No, no. But I what? love Pittsburgh. I will always cheer Pittsburgh. See, it doesn't sound like you love Pittsburgh because when you say no. that and you say you're cheering more for Cleveland, you might be switching over to Cleveland. That's no, actually no. the opposite of loving Pittsburgh, Junior. No, no, because of watching Cleveland and living here, I have access more to Cleveland. I took Cleveland last year to beat Pittsburgh twice because I knew Pittsburgh was good enough to win the division. But there was just something about Cleveland that, that, that attracted me to it, the way that they were playing, the way that they were making the right moves. They had got rid of... of, of um, the general manager, and I said, you know, with John Dorsey, they're making all the right moves, and I admire that. And I've known the Cleveland history, and now I just happen to reconnect with, with a love interest from back in New York, and she's been out here for 12 years, and I moved out here, and we got married. But I enjoy watching Cleveland play. This sounds that, like the biggest I'm, load of crap. The guy I've lives here and wants to root for the teams life. now. What's the matter with that? That's, that's What's the matter with that? Count. Yeah, that I mean, is I not- both. And, no, you can cheer it. both. No, you cannot cheer both. Because you cannot you cheer both. I can cheer it. I can cheer both. Oh my God! You, you seem to cheer. think that there's still a rivalry between the Steelers and Browns. There is. Are you talking well, to me? That, yeah. Why can't you cheer for both? There's no rivalry can't there you anymore. Cheer for both. What was so shocking is that we took three more calls where he opened up the floodgates. No, Ken, I I, I live here in Northeast Ohio, or there were people from the Youngstown area where they like Baker Mayfield, they like John Dorsey. It's exciting to have Odell Beckham Jr. And I swear to you on my children, they say, well, you know, the Steelers. One guy called them a dumpster fire. They're 9-6-1 and one last year. They're not a dumpster fire. The Browns were a dumpster fire at 0-16 and 1-31 and over two years. And it quickly changes. And, hey, I know that Baker Mayfield is a polarizing figure. You're either with him or against him, and he can be magnetic for some fans out there. He's a really fun, exciting player if you're a fan of the guy. 
But there has to be something that's sacred there, isn't there? And we've seen this in the NBA so many times where guys are fans of players, even if they're in a city that has the NBA, because they don't know if their team could compete. And now I'm starting to see this more and more where, and I couldn't believe the pushback that I got because me, I think it's tribal. If you're a Chiefs fan, you don't just become a Raiders fan if the Raiders become good. And if you're a Steeler fan, you don't become a Browns fan or a Raven fan, even though the Ravens have been pretty good. You don't become a Browns fan just because the Browns might be seemingly finally, finally being able to get their act together. And now I've been watching this, and I got the reaction, hey, man, you know, it's 2019. I got the it's 2019 reference. It's 2019. Fans are fans of whatever. And it hurts my feelings. One, because you got to have some form of civic pride if you're from an area and you're a fan of a team. And again, this is still a minority, but I want to guard against it. You should have some sort of civic pride if you're in an area. You should have some sort of a pride. And honestly, that ruins the fun of all of this. When I got nasty tweets in the first hour, when I'm going after Ben Roethlisberger, it's exciting and fun to know that I believe what I believe and I believe is right and that there are Steeler fans out there, still good Steeler fans out there, who go after me for going after Ben Roethlisberger and going after the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's relieving when some people see it my way, but that's part of the fun of making the argument. It's part of the fun of being able to do this. It's part of the fun of hearing from fan bases. And I start to believe that over this time, the only places where rivalries are sacred anymore are in college sports. And we want to pay players. We want players to be enlightened. We want them to be able to get those type of things and get what's rightfully theirs because we think in terms of the player as well. But I now start to believe that we've taken so much with the players. We love enlightened and bold and players who have all the power, the power to the players. We love to do this. But I also want to be able to protect fandom as well. You can be a fan of certain teams and you can respect players and respect the system of what they go through, but still be a fan of a certain team. And I just never thought I'd see a day, and this is where, yeah, I'm a fan of a team that sucked for 20 years. But I never thought I'd see a day where we always fought front running, we always fought, we always fought boat or bandwagon jumping, we always fought after that. And I wonder if there's a day where that's acceptable. I wonder if there's a day where a player goes from team to team in the NFL. In the NBA, we've already seen it. But a player goes from team to team in the NFL, and that guy is going to be followed no matter what. I wonder if there's a day where all of a sudden the line is blurred where I think I would hope a Packer fan is always a Packer fan and never jumps ship. But I do believe that there's been several people who became Packer fans because of the history of the Packers and because it's such a welcoming atmosphere that they become a fan of that team, but then they jump ship as soon as maybe a player they really like is really, really good on another team or their area starts to be very good at it and they can jump back into it because that's not supposed to be the system of sports. The entire base of what pro sports is, is based on is major civic areas coming together, being a fan of that team. Television rights, still the same. Money rights from gate, still the same type of principle where people want to see what their favorite team in their region is doing. And when I hear that type of thing and I get calls after that, back on Wednesday, 92.3 The Fan, courtesy of that, or the audio courtesy of them, when I get that type of call, it does alarm me. Like, how much is being a fan worth anymore? When it comes to pro sports, Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan, Army, Navy, even though Army, Navy is really, really special and maybe and certainly above, different from the other ones. But USC, UCLA even, those 
those rivalries, those are sacred. Those are those are already established, and those look like they will be established. But I see bandwagon jumping in the NBA, and now I'm starting to see it in the NFL, and frankly, it kind of scares me a little bit. Are the rules of fandom changing, or are they loosening up a little bit? 855-2124-CBS. We got Sherman Hamilton at 12, uh, 1240. We'll talk to him about Bucks raptors Game 6. Coming up next, your calls. We'll push back five burning questions. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Sherman Hamilton, just over 15 minutes. Let's get down to business. 855-2124-CBS. In college football, it's ingrained. College sports, it's ingrained. UNC, Duke. Basically, the world versus Duke when it comes to college basketball. Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan State, Penn State, if you want to do it that way. The, the rivalries are there. South Carolina, Clemson. And that never goes away. But I'm seeing more and more. The NBA, it's been there. I'm seeing more and more in the NFL. Well, I'm a big-time Patrick Mahomes fan. Okay, and if you're a kid, kids are different to me. Kids, I think you're allowed, if I'm making the rules up as I go, which I haven't made this rule up as I go, but if I'm thinking of my rules myself, all right, you're a kid, you like a player, fine, you're allowed to be a fan of the player. But really, when you become an adult, you start to pick your poison on who you are. You can't just be 35 years old and think and look at this and say, you know what, I really like Patrick Mahomes. I I dig what he does, man. He's so great. You know what, I know I've been a big Colts fan my entire life, but I just love Patrick Mahomes so much. I'm going to be a Chiefs fan with Patrick Mahomes. I question you as an adult if you do that. Which I could not believe the reaction I got on Wednesday. Ah, Ken, it's 2019. That's the blanket people like to throw on it. It's the same we do with contracts. All you got to do is front load the contract. And when we do it in life, ah, you know, it's 2019, Ken. You could be a fan of whatever you want to be a fan of. If you can't pick a team to root for, how am I supposed to be able to pick, how am I supposed to be able to trust you to be a loving father and a husband? If you're just jumping on something that's supposed to be that easy, how am I supposed to trust you when things are hard? Cameron in Erie, Pennsylvania. You're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, Ken, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, lifelong Brown fan, completely hate Pittsburgh, completely hate Baltimore, would wish nothing but the same on both of them. And kind of jealous of the people that are jumping on the Browns down wagon. I know they haven't won any of them yet, but uh, the lifelong fans deserve some good hope. And the fans that are just along for Baker and Jarvis and OBJ, you know what? They won't get the same satisfaction that, you know, I will, my father has rooted for him for 40 years, will. You know, so. Uh, and I, and I agree, Cameron, so. Cameron, you're breaking up a little bit, and i got to let you go. But I agree, and I think, hey, if, if they're kids, 855-2124-CBS, if they're kids, I still say more the merrier. Kids jumping on the bandwagon, that creates, and it should for NFL football teams, for professional franchises, you bring kids to it, you have a good chance to make, you are supposed to have a good chance to make a diehard fan. Bandwagon fans do become diehard fans. If you were never a fan of the sport, you get into it at 35, all right, fine. But if you were sitting here... At family gatherings, and I just go to the geographic region of mine, but let's go in another direction here because they do it on NFL.com and they do it in the commercials for the NFL too. If you're at family gatherings and you're Mr. Raider fan all over the place and you are with a family full of Chiefs fans somehow, and now all of a sudden you look at Patrick Mahomes you say, man, this guy is just the cat's ass when it comes to quarterbacks. I'm a Chiefs fan out there. How are you really going to expect to be able to talk about that within the family? And again, if you're dating my daughter or you're married to my daughter, I am suspect to you. You've sat there in my living room over time, even though the Raiders have not been good, but get what I'm saying here. You have sat there in my living room 
and it enjoyed me losing in the postseason. You have sat there and made fun of us and made fun of us as Chiefs fans over this amount of time, and now you're going to jump on this thing? For a Browns fan, you have plenty of people, hate to say it, in the Northeast Ohio area who become Steeler fans. And basically, they've been Steeler fans because the Steelers have been a very good organization for the last 30 years. 40 years, when you really bring it in. Eh, the 80s were a little bit of a mess. But we're a good organization for 30 years. And have sat in those living rooms during family gatherings and made fun of the Browns and made fun of the Browns leaving and Art Modell and making fun of Bernie Kosar and making fun of, of Colt McCoy and God knows what else during all those games and bragging about everything that the Steelers have done. And now I get calls on Wednesday right here in Cleveland, Ohio from quote-unquote Steeler fans one after another who tell me that, well, you know, Baker Mayfield's really got something there. And Odell Beckham Jr. is one of the most exciting wide receivers in the NFL. Ken, I, I know that I've been a Steeler fan, but I live here in Northeast Ohio, and the, time, the tide is turning. There's no way you could look your family in the eye and do something like that. Or maybe I just take it too seriously. Let's go to one of the hearts of the matters here. Joe in Youngstown, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, thanks, Ken. I appreciate it. Hey, a couple thoughts. Number one, I'm 50 years old. I was born in Canton, Ohio. So I am a Cleveland Browns fan and a Cleveland sports fan and will always be. You know, this malarkey about uh, you know switching sides, especially rivals that the Steelers are, is garbage. Uh, I've lived in the Pittsburgh area since 1987 because of work. I've only attended Steelers-Browns games at Pittsburgh Stadium because the Browns are playing. When they play mm-hmm. in Cleveland, I take no one but family because Cleveland is my town. It's my team. And it's just, it's not this new age 2019 garbage, you know, it's bandwagon crap. You know, either you're on and you're with, you know, the team which you're born and bred to, and that's my team. And, and, you know, to me, it's non-negotiable. Joe, I love the call, and I thank you very much for it. You got to stand up for your franchise. You have to stand up for your team. There, There are certain things, if you're from here and you've been, you maybe you were, the kid was a Giants fan. The Browns were terrible. The kid was a Giants fan. The kid was a Patriots fan, Tom Brady, the whole thing, trying to look up to somebody, whatever. I don't know. That's out of the area. You're supposed to be rivals. There's supposed to be geography there. Going back to the steel mills in the 1940s and 1950s to when the steel mills closed in the 70s. It's supposed to be historical there. There's there's some things that are supposed to be Sacred in professional sports. A Dolphins versus a Bills fan. Hey, if Josh Allen all of a sudden turns it up in 2019 and he's got a good arm, maybe he does. I like Sean McDermott. You can't all of a sudden say, oh, I'm a big-time Bills fan. The weather's different. The stakes are different. You can't. No, you can't do it. Now, I understand that Dan Marino and Jim Kelly were going after it at the same time, so these are different circumstances. But if Dan Marino was there and the Bills had nothing or Ryan Tannehill became something, you're really going to drive around in Orchard Park, New York, or West Seneca, New York, and say, you know, I really like what those Dolphins got going on. Hell no, you're not going to do something like that. Got tweets here saying it's about fantasy football. Might be very well 100% on the mark about that. Michael in Virginia, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Michael. Oh, hi. Can I cut out there for a second? Go ahead, Hi. Um, 42, grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, 
I was a, I could say I was a Lions fan, but I was more of a Barry Sanders fan. Just loved Barry Sanders. Thought he was one of the best people to ever touch a football. Mm-hmm. And the way that he got hosed by the Lions, I mean, it just, it shook me. And the Lions just, the way they run their organization, just garbage. And so right when what happened to, the, to Barry, I was just like, I'm done. Done with him. And I ended up moving out of Michigan to Colorado for a few years and then moving to Wisconsin basically without a, without an NFL team. By the way, I love football. Football's a great sport. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with the Packers because of their organization, because of the way they run their team. I mean, just look at their fan base. They have the greatest fan base in the country. You can go anywhere and go into a Packers bar. And how hard is it to get season tickets? Virtually impossible. Got to get on a list, and it's going to outlast your lifetime. Okay, your, but Michael, your, do you do you respect the rules? Now, you were a Lions fan. You've separated yourself as a Lions fan. Barry Sanders was the last straw, according to what you just told me. If all of a yeah. sudden the Lions become a great organization, you can't go back. Correct. Yeah, you understand that? Back. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, just look what happened to Megatron. Like, Megatron okay. was literally a freak of nature. Just there's photos, there's documentation now, as an adult now, Michael. You Just as long as you know, you can't go back. That's fine. I, I'm forever a Packers fan, even when they're going to be garbage, which they're going to be at some point in time. Eventually, yeah. Because and, and thank you very much for the call, Michael. Like in college football, you should be able to expect there might be a couple of lean years here and there. Alabama can't go on, can't keep going the way it is without Nick Saban. Like they should be able to expect though some level of top end success. A, an Alabama fan should expect that. A USC fan, this this is very difficult. I don't know how they fall flat sometimes. But a USC fan should have high expectations. That's why they're upset with Clay Helton. An Alabama fan should have high expectations. Ohio State, Michigan, all those fan bases should have very high expectations for their teams. They can spend a lot of money. They can spend a lot of money on coaches and recruiting. They can do those type of things. Their their or their their facilities are fantastic. They should be able to expect that every time. But that tradition is built in. When it comes to professional sports. Hey, I I liked Odell Beckham Jr. with the Giants already. And obviously, I was over the moon when he got traded to the team that I do root for. And I'm open about that. But I I can't just switch allegiance because of a wide receiver as a grown man and a husband and a father of three children. Like, my father is from Canton, Ohio. My father is a Dolphins fan and watched me switch from a Dolphins fan to a Browns fan when I was in high school. And makes jokes about it all the time. Because there was a time where, hey, you know what? You're watching this. It's just a big bunch of garbage as it is with the Dolphins. And it's like, ah, you know what? My buddies like to drink. My buddies like to go have a good time. This is after high school, by the way. I can't condone underage drinking. My buddies like to have a good time. They like to go up to to the Muni lot. They like to go up to the pit. I like to go up and have a good time with my buddies. Sorry. This is shooting fish in a barrel. Dan Marino doesn't play anymore, Pop. Got to be good to you. Sorry. It's the way it goes. You're allowed that change. But now that I'm in on it, if I go and I move to Chicago, I can't be Mr. Bears. I'll, sh- I'll hold it to the same thing as I do with radio show hosts or I do as fans. If I ended up getting a job in Pittsburgh, which would be something else, I, I can't be Mr. Steelers, especially not then. And I think it's the same for fan bases or for fans, especially adults out there. 855 212 cbs More coming up. However, 
Game six is coming up. Eastern Conference Finals. We talk about the Raptors. We talk about Drake and whether or not Drake is some sort of a problem, which he's not. And Nick Nurse and Mike Budenholzer and whether or not Milwaukee can come back from a game deficit or will it be Toronto, the great white north against the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. Sherman Hamilton will join us up next. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by GEICO. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. When's Ultra this year, Tom? I know you know about music festivals. What about music I got to figure out. Oh, I got to get in on it, man. Really? Oh, yeah. Never done I one. know. I mean, I know I have three kids, but I got to get into the uh, EDM scene. Oh, no, that's, that's the way it's got to work. Billy's area of expertise. Oh. Sherman Hamilton joining us on the show. Game six, Toronto, Milwaukee. Could it be over? Sherman Hamilton joins us on the show. Raptors TV analyst. He's an Olympian, which I was described. It was described to me, Sherman, as former Olympian. And I said, no, once you're an Olympian, you're always an Olympian. So you are an Olympian. And I want to introduce you as an Olympian. Am I correct or am I wrong, Sherman? Well, you're correct, but the people that know me know that I'm not an athlete anymore, so that's where the former comes in. Ah, okay. So, well, yeah, but I still feel it's disrespectful. I'm calling you an Olympian. I don't care. You can answer the people. I'm good with that. (laughs) Thank you. Sherman Hamilton joining us on the show. All right, what's the overall feeling with the fan base now where, all right, I got to say, there's no LeBron in the East, so that was always like a weird... Almost just like he got in their heads, he got in the organization's heads, but now he's gone, and now you are not afraid of Giannis. You are not afraid of Milwaukee. Mike Budenholzer's freaking out right now. Things are going well. How are people feeling about the Toronto Raptors right now, Sherman? Oh, they're excited off the charts, Ken. You think about it. They feel that they have the baddest man on the planet right now in terms of Kawhi Leonard. So the longer they're looking across and seeing LeBron James and saying, just can't get past that guy, they're saying our guy can beat your guy and having a chance to close it out at home. And I, I'm sure you're aware of Jurassic Park outside the arena and how mm-hmm. packed that is. It's just a phenomenal feeling right now in the city and the country. And there's a lot of buzz in for the historical uh, situation that could happen tonight. This whole country is sitting on, on, their, on their hands and waiting for this opportunity. And now seeing it come to fruition is something that everybody is on board with. Sherman Hamilton joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter at Sherman Hamilton. He is an Olympian. He is the Raptors TV analyst. Game six tonight, TNT, Toronto, Milwaukee. Bucks are down 3-2. The, Toronto has ran right by him. What has been the catalyst? You mentioned Kawhi Leonard. Has he been the only reason? Who has helped him the most? Uh, I would say that uh, Kyle Lowry has ridden shotgun with him. And I think that what we've seen now is the bench has come alive. The Raptors really struggled to get production off the bench. Norm mm-hmm. Powell has been very good. Uh, Serge Ibaka has had his moments. And to see Fred Van Vliet finally start to make shots, this is something that they needed to happen. And then Pascal is, is doing a good job in terms of scoring the basketball. And one of the key things for Pascal was the fact that earlier in the series, he had to defend Giannis Antetokounmpo. They took him off of Giannis and allowed him to conserve some energy to attack on the offensive end, and that's paid dividends. But we can talk about all these guys who are doing a great job, but they're supporting Kawhi, and Kawhi has been off the charts, to simply put it. 
you just mentioned allowed to defend, allowed to attack. How do you actually go about defending Giannis? <laughs> well, it's a bit of a crapshoot because the guy's that good. <laughs> and I think with all great players, you have to just make it as difficult as possible. They're going to get their numbers. Giannis is too good to completely shut him down. He's going to have impact on the game. But what the Raptors have been able to do is they're taking away his downhill momentum. They're meeting him early. They're, take, they're getting into his body. They're being physical with him. They're sending the second defender to really close up the driving lanes. And Giannis has to now rely on trying to finish through two or three guys or he's kicking it out. And the Raptors are doing a good job closing the three-point line out and defending on that pass out. But it, to me, it always starts, Ken, with the initial primary defender. You've got to stay in that fight. You've got to be resilient. You've got to know that Giannis is going to make plays that nobody else on the planet can make, and you can't get put off by that. And I think that having a Kawhi who's a determined defender, in my estimation, the best two-way player in the league, and guys that are willing to stay in the fight, to me, is, is huge. And when you have a rotation guy on your defensive end like Marc Gasol who has size and know-how, he really does a good job of disrupting once Giannis gets into the paint whether it be stripping the ball or just putting his seven-foot body on Giannis and slowing down his momentum. But it's been a team effort, and they've really executed a very good game plan over the last three games. What figured out over the last couple of games with Fred Van Vliet? Because he was bad from the field, something like 7 of 44, and now over the last couple of games he's really started to hit a lot of great shots and change some things. What has changed for him and maybe with the matchups against Milwaukee? So you're right, the last two games he's shooting 83% from three, yeah. so he's definitely wow. found it. But I think with, with Fred, obviously he had a, his son, uh, which is great. Congratulations to him. And, you know, sometimes we try to say that athletes aren't impacted by their personal lives, but they can be at times. But I think Fred has the ability to bounce back. And what happened, I feel, over the last two games is you see one go in, you see two go in. All of a sudden you start to get your confidence back and you start to, to feel like the person that you know you can be. And, and this matchup in terms of the size for Milwaukee really suits Fred better than the length of Philly. So the backcourts are more normalized, so to speak, for a matchup for Fred. And he's been doing some good things other than scoring the basketball, but they need him to score as well. And I think the last two games, he's found his rhythm. He's taken his shots with confidence. And he's playing more of the style of basketball that was conducive to regular season success for the Raptors where Fred would make plays for teammates, but if you didn't defend him, you got to pay the price because he'll knock down shots. And I think that what we're seeing is got his ton. Everything is better. Everything's a bit more normalized now, so he can get back to focusing again on Raptor basketball. Sherman Hamilton joining us, Raptors TV analyst. Find him on Twitter, at Sherman Hamilton. I thought the series was over when Mike Budenholzer talked at length about Drake and basically complained about Drake and his celebrity fan status and being too involved. I think that when you do that, you're focused on other things and then you start to play the blame game. Am I wrong? Am I out of bounds on that? Correct me if I am. Well, Ken, I, I agree with you from the perspective of that's not the stuff that they should be focusing on. And again, Mike Budenholzer was asked that question, I believe, two or three times. And on the second or third time, he addressed it. So he didn't bring it up. It was brought to him, and he addressed it after the second or third time. Uh, I, I think that it's a non-issue, personally. I mean, I think it's something that the Milwaukee Bucks players and coaching staff should not be paying attention to or really entertain in a conversation. But uh, I really think that the Raptors really did a good job in Game 5 of withstanding that initial push, an 18-4 to start by Milwaukee, 
And instead of holding and saying, hey, we have to go back home and try and get game six, the Raptors battled it out. They calmed it down. They settled in. And they were able to overtake Milwaukee in the fourth quarter and get the W. To me, that took more of the heart of Milwaukee than anything else. The Raptors' ability to withstand the best punch Milwaukee had and continue to come back and win that game, that's going to create some issues for Milwaukee coming into Toronto tonight. Has there been many differences throughout this season between the way that Nick Nurse worked with the Raptors and Dwayne Casey worked with the Raptors? And if they are, even as subtle as they might be, what are they? I think for Nick Nurse, he, he's an offensive coach. He's a creative coach from that perspective. And he's, he's really allowed a guy like Kawhi to play his style of basketball while still incorporating the ball movement that's necessary for the rest of the team to be successful. So he's, he's walked a fine line in terms of balancing that, and he's done a very good job of that. Uh, Dwayne Casey, as you know, is a very good defensive coach, but mm-hmm. when you incorporate or inject defensive-minded players like a Kawhi Leonard and a Danny Green and a Marcus Saul, your defense just becomes better naturally because of the players that you bring in. So their defense is very good when it's good. The issue they have is rebounding the ball defensively, and I think – Dwayne Casey is more of a guy that would focus on the defensive side and and understand that if you're going to win a championship, you have to be able to defend. Nick Nurse is more of an offensive guy who really is creative on that side of the basketball. And what we're seeing now that because Nick has defensive-minded players and elite defensive-minded players, the defensive side of the basketball has maintained while the offensive side has flourished at times as well. Sherman Hamilton with us on the show. All right, what do you think about Kawhi's future? Big question, Ken, and, and it's one of those things that I've, I've kind of told people, just enjoy the ride right now because who knows what Kawhi's going to do. We don't see him smile very often. He barely talks. He's a good guy, but he is not going to tip his hat. And, and for me personally, I look at it two ways. Either way, Kawhi could go or stay. If they win a championship, that's enticing to stay and say, hey, see if we can do it again. There's pieces here. Get a bit better over the summer. Add a few pieces try and make it again. But the other side of it is if he doesn't win a championship, Kawhi could say, look, we're that close. Let's stay and see if we can make this happen for one more year and see if we can get a chip here before I decide to go somewhere else. I just have no clue, Ken. I don't know what he's going to do. I will say this, though. This has been the most special season that Raptor fans have experienced, and they are going to be heartbroken if Kawhi leaves. The whole country is on this Hey, Kawhi can dine for free. Anything Kawhi wants, he gets for free because they want him to stay. It's going to be a tough, tough offseason if Kawhi leaves. Sherman, we thank you very much for the time. Enjoy the game tonight. And uh, if things go your way, we'd love to have you as you get ready for Golden State. But I don't want to, I don't want to put carts before horses. All the best to you, my friend. Hey, Ken. Glad to, have, glad to be on. Thank you very much. Sherman Hamilton joining us on the show. Raptors TV analyst, Olympian. Find him on Twitter, at Sherman Hamilton. I'm dead serious about that, too. Mike Budenholzer seems to get worked up about things that he can't really control. At, at least like ancillary things that are on the side that he really shouldn't be focused on. It, it's hard enough, and I, I brought this up about against Golden State. Golden State, Houston had to learn the, the lesson that Golden State learned in 2016. When you let referees get in your head, and yeah, I know Draymond was suspended for Game 5, but if you let referees get in your head, it's hard enough to beat the team across from you. It's the NBA. It's tough competition. It's hard enough to beat the team across from you. 
when you let the referee get in your head or you believe that the referee is is wronging you, it's impossible. And when I see Mike Budenholzer, who has consistently had problems with refs, but also, and I know he was asked the question many times, and you could say it was maybe baited into it, and you might be right. But when you give the time of day to a guy who's a celebrity on the sideline, and you're giving that as in an answer where he shouldn't be involved as much as he's involved, to me that tells me you're making excuses, even if you're not trying to make excuses. You shouldn't be recognizing him. Drake's Drake. Drake's a celebrity fan. Jack Nicholson has been there for years in L.A. Spike Lee has been there for years in New York. This is nothing new. Drake is an involved fan, and I think is if he's not, I think he was even the last year, and that's just the last time I checked. Is he or is he not listed as part of the team organization on their website? Like global ambassador or something like that? He's got, I think he's on their website. He's a fan. And yeah, I know you might look over and you might be miffed because a fan is rubbing the shoulders of Nick Nurse over there on the sideline, and it's Drake, and there's really nothing you can do about it. Other, the only thing you can do is win. And I support celebrity fandom because when you beat a celebrity fan, it's even that much more special. Seeing him on the sidelines, looking a little bit down, when LeBron was throwing down on them, when LeBron was with the Cavaliers, I'll admit wholeheartedly, and you know where I'm from, that was a blast. And now seeing Drake, he shows the picture of the owner's daughter as his, as his Abby. He's rubbing Nick Nurse's shoulders. He's responding to Mike Bodenholzer. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's trying what he's doing, trying to do to get into people's heads, to do his job, to get the Toronto Raptors to the finals. And you are buying into it. And when you're worried about guys who are rappers, who are on the sidelines, you're losing. And I think you lose this series. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. More on that coming up. More on Kawhi coming up. And also, listen, they're already Hall of Famers, but this is the biggest year of their career. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.